Exodus chapter 14. Don't you like the stories when the, when the uh, underdog, the good guys are down, their back's against the wall, but somehow, you know, there's the comeback, there's the, there's the hero comes in, right? Those are, those are the good stories, right? Good ones to, to see. That's, that's kind of like what the book of Exodus is like. There's uh, a great many types, Old Testament types of uh, uh, in the Old Testament to prove some truths and principles for the for the New Testament. Now, who would have thought we'd have the back door open to cool it off in here in January? In January, God is good. He is our hero and deliverer, huh? Tell you what, it is warm up here. But there are some principles. There are some principles uh, that that uh, God lays out in the in the book of Exodus that uh, we follow through and apply really to us today in the New Testament. I mean, God, the songs this morning were perfect. God is our Redeemer. God is our Deliverer. He is shown so powerfully in, in, the, in the book of Exodus where God calls Moses and He says to Moses, remember out of the burning bush? He says, I am come down to deliver them. Talking about the nation or the children of Israel to bring them out of captivity. And then we have that parallel in John 3.16 where the Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world the whole world, through Him, Amen. might be saved. Yep. Wow, oh, God, our Deliverer. He shows in the book of Exodus that blood, blood is the way to redemption. Blood is the way to be redeemed, to be delivered. We see that beginning in Genesis chapter 3 where God makes Adam and Eve the coat of skin and it's laid out throughout the Scripture. But no more no more clear than the Passover, right? Amen. Where they put the blood on the lentils and the, and the doorposts and, 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 and then that memorial is set up from that time forward until, until the eternal Lamb of God, the eternal Savior comes and, 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 and saves and, and, and brings eternal forgiveness Amen. for sin. So, so he, he says, look, the blood of Jesus Christ is what m- delivers us, what redeems us in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 18 and 19. The Bible says, for as much as you know, that you are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the traditions of your father, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Our redemption, just, just like the nation of Israel in, in Exodus, and they saw that they were redeemed, they were saved with the blood on the, on the doorposts and the lentils. Our Savior shed His blood for us that we might be redeemed. He shows us in Exodus that our Redeemer, our Savior has great great power. Remember all the things and how He brought them out of the land of Egypt. I mean, 
That was power. How He brought that whole nation out and all the plagues and all the things that were done. You saw the strong, mighty hand of God at work on behalf of these people. Didn't you? The power of God. And then we see the same brought out in Romans chapter 8 and 2. He says, For the law of the Spirit of Christ hath made us free from the law of sin and death. It's through God's Spirit, through God's, the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ that we've been delivered. And that is great power. You're in Exodus chapter 14. You know the story and the context that the nation of Israel has been, the children of Israel have been led out of Egypt, but now they're stuck. Their backs are against the sea, and Pharaoh and his army is coming to, what, recapture them? And they, they see him coming, and they are full of fear, they're full of they thought, wow, we could have just stayed and we could have just stayed in Egypt and now we're gonna end up dying here in the wilderness. We're gonna end up uh, uh, being slaughtered here. But Moses says in Exodus 14 and verse 13, Moses said unto the people, Fear not, fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord which He will show to you today for the Egyptians who you have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you and ye shall hold your peace. You know the story that God parts the the sea, right? And the children of Israel, a whole bunch of them, they go over on dry ground and the Egyptians begin to follow with all their armor and all their uh, equipment and all their weapons. And what happens? The water covers them up. And the nation, the children of Israel, stands there and watches this deliverance, watches the Lord fight for them, watches the salvation of the Lord. Look at the end of chapter 14, verses 29 through 31. It says, but the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall unto them on the right hand and on the left hand. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. You heard about the the little kid that came home from Sunday school, and the parents asked them, they said, uh, what'd you learn? What'd you learn today? And in Sunday school, and the little boy says, well, says the nation of Israel, children of Israel, they were up against the sea, and, and, and the Egyptian army was coming up against them, and all of a sudden, Moses had an idea, and they built this huge bridge real quick, went over the sea, and, and they got over the sea just before the Egyptians got there, and, and the parents were looking at them, and they said, is that what your Sunday school teacher taught you today in Sunday school? And he says, No, but if I told you what she said, you would not believe it. (laughs) You know what? I believe it. I believe. I believe. I believe what the Bible says. I believe. You know, I believe the God that that delivered the children of Israel 
is, is working in our lives to deliver us. And He can, and He still has the power to save. He still has the power to redeem and to help and to rescue. Verse 31 of chapter 14, And Israel saw the great work which the Lord did unto the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and His servant Moses. Wow! Wow, to see God work in such a powerful way. To see God deliver in such an such a amazing way. Now look at chapter 15 and verse 1. Immediately after, what do you think they did? Immediately after the great salvation, the great deliverance, the great rescue by the Lord, you know what they did? They began to sing. And they began to praise God. And at one point, I'm thankful for the great music we had this morning, but just to be able to sit here and, and feel God's Spirit, maybe close your eyes and just experience the presence of God. I felt Him this morning. Be able to know that God is here and be able to agree, agree with the words that are sung, the, the, the words that were sung this morning of the, the death of Jesus Christ for our salvation and the work that He did on the cross and what He put up for us to be able to agree with that song and worship with the Lord in that together. It is a wonderful thing for the redeemed, for the saved, for the delivered to be able to sing unto the Lord. It's a wonderful thing. Look at the nation of Israel as they, the children of Israel as they do it here in chapter 15 and verse 1. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord. By the way, when we sing our songs, they should be as unto the Lord, right? When we come in here, when we come in here and it's the congregational or, or it's special music like we have this morning, it should be to Him. Our hearts should just be... You know, up to him, our, 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 our mind saying, yeah, God, you, you are great. You are good. We worship you. We thank you. We have thankful hearts for what you have done. It says, then, then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord. For he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my what? Strength and song. He has become my salvation. He is my God. Isn't that good? Yeah. I will prepare him a habitation, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. And as you begin to continue to read the rest of this passage and the rest of this chapter, they begin to worship the Lord. And praise Him and thank Him for His glorious works that He has done. Would have you liked to have been there? Can you imagine seeing that? I don't know. I think we probably at first would have been real, real scared. We'd have been just like everyone else and had a lot of fear and a lot of what's going to happen. But, but if you would have been there, you would have seen the salvation of the Lord, His glorious deliverance. What have you saying? What have you worshipped? What have you had a heart that says, thank you, God? I have to say that although we might not have seen that, we have seen the salvation of the Lord. Thank you. Yeah. If we've been 
saved, if we've experienced His forgiveness, if we've been obedient to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've been delivered from our enemies. You say, who is our enemies? Sin. Sin is our enemy. Death is our enemy. Evil, Satan, is our enemy. But we, through the Scripture and the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, have been delivered through the salvation of Jesus Christ. Through the Gospel of Jesus Christ. He's delivered us. And He's not just delivered. It was wonderful when He delivered the nation of Israel. But as we've already read in John chapter 3 and verse 16, this great deliverance that Christ did on the cross and through His resurrection, He brought deliverance to the whole world. Amen. He brought deliverance to the whole world. Take your Bibles, open them up now to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Just want to look at a few passages here of the victory that Christ has given us. The victory that Christ has given us. What is the gospel? If, if we're saved, if we're delivered from these evils by the gospel, what is the gospel? Paul declares to us what the gospel is in 1 Corinthians 15, 1-6. It says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand. We stand on the gospel, by which also you're saved. You've heard that word saved. It's just like the, the children of Israel were saved from their enemies. We can be saved from ours. Why? Through the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. What is the gospel? Verse 3, For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins. See, He was the payment for our sins. According to the Scripture. And that He was buried and He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. You say, what's the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? His death, His burial, His resurrection, and then the evidence of His life after His resurrection. That, that not only the twelve saw Him, but over 500 people saw Him at one time after He rose from the dead. When Paul writes this passage here in Corinthians, most of those people were still alive. By being obedient, by receiving the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ by receiving His payment for our sin, by surrendering to it, you and I can be delivered. We can be saved. And then what does that do for us? Oh, so many things. Look at verse 13 of chapter 15. He says, If there's no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen then our preaching is vain and our faith is vain. Hey, if, if Jesus Christ didn't rise from the dead, then this, what we're doing here, it, it, there's just no hope. It's, it's kind of empty. What gives all of, all of this power, what gives this all strength, our worship in Christ, is that He rose from the dead. He says in verse... Um, 17, and if Christ be not raised from our, uh, be not raised, our faith is in vain, and we are yet in our sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. He said, those that died before, they, they don't have hope of the resurrection if Christ hasn't rose. 
But look at verse 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that sleep. He says, but, they, but he is risen. But he did rise. And because he did rise, we have the hope of the resurrection. No, as, as, as the brother already said, we, we're not, we don't have a death wish. We do have a will to live. But death is not the end. We have the hope of the resurrection. It's not, it's not a complete loss. There is an eternity. And we have Jesus Christ's work on Calvary. He has beaten death. He is victorious over death. And the evidence of it is it couldn't hold him. It couldn't keep him in the ground. He had the power over death. The Bible says that he will defeat the enemies. And in, in verse 24 of this passage in 15, he says, Then come at the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom of God, even the Father, when he hath put down all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. And the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Well, aren't we going to be happy when he does that? Yeah, when, when that one is over, when it's finalized. And he says, For he hath put all things under his feet. But when he saith all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is accepted which did put all things under him. When all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Son of Man also himself be subject unto him that put all things under him that God might be all in all. One day God, Jesus through Jesus Christ, will have defeated all of our enemies, put under him, subject to him. And God, one day we will look in His face and see the face of Jesus Christ as Jesus is victorious and He has victory over these enemies already. It just hasn't played out yet. He is the winner and we are on the winning side. However, through this, there's some, there's some hardships that we're going to have to face in order to be glorified, in order to be with Christ. Look at verse 42 of 1 Corinthians 15. He says, So also the resurrection of the dead, it is sown in corruption, and it is raised in incorruption. In other words, we have to lay down these bodies in order to pick up our new ones, to get the new ones, to get the the good ones. He said, It's sown in dishonor in verse uh, 43, and is raised in glory, it's sown in weakness, and raised in power. It is sown a natural body and raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. He says, hey, eventually we're going to have to lay down these natural bodies. We're going to go down in weakness, but but we have the hope that we'll be raised in power. Why? Because of Jesus Christ. Look at verse 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. But we shall all be changed in a moment and the twinkling of an eye. At the last trump, for the trump shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and shall be changed. This is our hope. He says in verse 53, for this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. That's our hope because of Christ's resurrection. Because of what he did on the cross. So then this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, this mortal shall have put on immortality. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. 
O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin. But the strength of sin is the law. But here's our, here's our thanksgiving. Here's our praise and our worship to God. Here's our deliverance. He says, but thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We've been delivered. Our backs were against the wall. We had an evil taskmaster. We had an enemy that had us in bondage. But Jesus Christ, our deliverer, our God, through great and mighty power, through His own blood, delivered us, made us victorious. That's our future. That's our eternity. We are victorious. We are delivered for eternity. But yet, that also gives us the power to live in our daily, everyday lives, knowing our future. Look at verse 58, and this is the last verse. He says, therefore, because of all that, the last 57 verses, because of the gospel, because of the resurrection, therefore, my beloved brother, be steadfast. Stand on the truth. Stand on the gospel. Stand on the word of God. Unmovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. As we, as we think about the cross of Christ, as we think about the resurrection, we, just as the children of Israel, have something to praise God for. I, I would ask us as the, as the alleys are going to come and, and sing a song or two to close us out, that we would just, uh, just I don't know, I'm not trying to be weird, but maybe close our eyes and think about the Lord. Put our hearts on them and just say, maybe in a, you know, underneath our breath, Lord, thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. That's it. Just thank you. That, that, I think that's all He wants. Yeah. It's just His people, the redeemed, that have been redeemed. And if you haven't, it's so easy. It's so easy yeah. to receive the good news of Jesus Christ. It's so easy to say, Lord, I accept. I surrender to the gospel. I'm asking for my, for my sins to be forgiven. I'm accepting your payment for my sin and receiving you as my Savior. And in this, somehow in this, worshiping the Lord and thanking Him, I believe that He'll give us the power to go on in our work, in our everyday life. You say, how will this affect my tomorrow? How will this affect my week? Hey, a thankful heart to the Lord for what He's done on the cross will empower us to live our life in Christ. Amen? As the alleys come, I'll just have uh, our heads bowed. I'm going to pray a prayer here. Lord, we're asking you, God, to help us. Lord, we are thankful for your salvation. We're thankful for your deliverance. God, I pray that you would just, uh, just take us this week and help us to have a thankful heart toward you. Help us to have a heart that is just, uh, uh, just, just soft toward what you've done and how you've delivered us from our enemies and help it empower us in our walk in, in relationship with you and our work for you. In Jesus' name we pray.